Listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke, your daily Broncos podcast. It is Victory Monday all across Broncos country. From the South Stands to the end zone, you are locked on. Broncos, ladies and gentlemen, the Denver Broncos improved to 4-6 and six after a 20-13 to 13 victory at home in Powerfield Mile High against the Miami Dolphins. This is your Denver Broncos post-game report. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, NFL analyst and Denver Broncos insider for the Locked On NFL Network. You can follow me on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL. You can follow the podcast at Lockdown Broncos. Make sure you hit that subscribe button for daily exclusive Denver Broncos content five days a week, Monday through Friday, here on the Lockdown NFL Network, your team every day. Today's episode of the show is brought to you by our good friends over there at Pepsi. And thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, Fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league. That's the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi's here to get you ready for game day. No matter how you watch, Pepsi is the refreshment that you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Ladies and gentlemen, the Denver Broncos are back into the win column after a very impressive victory on Sunday against the Miami Dolphins. One of the things I wanted to take note of in this victory is that you had so many contributions from various players, whether it be offense, defense, and even on the special team side of the ball. And on today's Lockdown Broncos postgame report, we're going to go through our game recap. We're going to get into what helped the Broncos offense get going. We're going to talk about the Broncos defensive performance that they had. And then we're going to hear some fan reaction all across Broncos country. Broncos fans had a lot of excitement after the Broncos 20-13 to win over the Dolphins yesterday and Power Field at Mile High. So with that said, ladies and gentlemen, let's kick off today's action here. Locked on Broncos. The Broncos come out on top with a 20-13 to victory over the Miami Dolphins. It was an interesting game altogether, but I think for this game, the storyline coming into this game was how is the Broncos offense going to counteract the very aggressive Miami Dolphins defense that runs an amoeba style where they move around a lot. They send pressure from various different areas. They have lockdown cornerbacks. Well, that really wasn't too big of an issue for the Broncos when it was all said and done, but the Broncos' first offensive possession, it was very evident that Miami was going to do whatever they could to get after Drew Locke, and it rattled Drew Locke a little bit, but we saw Drew Locke grow out of it. Locke on the first offensive series for Denver he threw an interception to Xavier Howard. He stared down Tim Patrick on a dig route, and they had that amoeba defense moving back and forth. The Broncos had to burn a timeout quickly before the interception on third down. And I think for me, after that play had happened, I was really wondering, what is Drew Locke's mentality? He's visibly frustrated with himself. He was not very happy on the sideline with himself. He threw a Gatorade, one of those little plastic Gatorade cups. But the thing I was most impressed about was how Drew actually responded on the next series and offensively the rest of the evening. He didn't let that mistake rattle him. And that's something I think that we've seen in a little bit of a change. Now, I'd say for the first two offensive series, we all argued on Twitter. We all debated whether or not Drew Locke's confidence was completely gone, but he played through it. He got more comfortable. The Broncos, they went with some more run action, play action, getting the ball out of his hands quickly to tight ends who are chip releasing against the edge defender and leaking out to the flat because the Dolphins are playing very aggressive defense. So those open opportunities were there, and Denver took advantage of it. And in that first half, despite the turnover by the Broncos on offense, they amassed over 200 yards of offense at halftime and come 
coming into this game, too. That was something I was very surprised with. Now, after the interception, the Dolphins started off in great field position, and they capitalized on a Devontae Parker three-yard touchdown catch on a goal line fade from Tua Tongo Viola, and that was the difference maker. Okay, so the Broncos at that point, interception, down 7 nothing after the touchdown reception with tight coverage, and all of a sudden, I think Broncos country on social media, I mean, the, the vibe just went down. It was like, all right, we've seen this before. Don't know if the Broncos can work their way back into it, but the Broncos on the very next offensive possession, one of the things they did that I was very, very impressed with, they controlled the line of scrimmage, they controlled the tempo, and they controlled the time of possession overall because the Broncos would run out an 11-play, 73-yard drive that took six minutes off the clock, and Melvin Gordon would punch it in from one yards to give the Broncos a touchdown, and that would tie the game at 7-7. The Broncos defensively, they were playing really strong. You look at that touchdown given up in that first quarter on the Devontae Parker, I mean, you can argue that, but there was a pass interference call or a defensive holding call on A.J. Boye that was very ticky-tacky in my opinion, very minimal contact, and at that point, it would have been an interception because Justin Simmons jumped in front of it and intercepted it. So, you take that away there, you're, you're very impressed with the Broncos defense altogether. I mean, they played a phenomenal football game here in this victory, but Melvin Gordon would punch it in with one yard out with just about 134 left in the first quarter. The Broncos defense would play pretty strong as well in that second quarter. Brandon McManus would boot in a 29-yard field goal, give the Broncos a 10-7 lead in the mid part of that second quarter, and then the Dolphins would also tie it up at 10-10 with a 41-yard field goal with just about 234 remaining. The Broncos were able to run a 9-play 60-yard drive in about 2 minutes 34 seconds, and McManus would boot in a 47-yard field goal to send the Broncos in at halftime with a 13-10 halftime advantage, and they would get the ball back coming out in the second half, and so the Broncos after that, they would get going. They would put an emphasis on the run game. We saw Garrett Bowles pulling from the right side to the left, and we saw him burying guys. We'll get into that in here a little bit, though, but that was an impressive performance by the Broncos, really coming into this game emphasizing that they were going to try to get the run game going, and that's exactly what they did there. And coming into this second half for the Broncos, once again, defensively, they were all over the place. Going into halftime, the Broncos had two and a half sacks, but they would finish the game with six sacks total. Bradley Chubb, Malik Reed, Demarcus Walker, they were in the face of Tua Tungo Viola very early, very often in this entire game, and they were able to capitalize and finish the game with six total sacks on the ground as a defensive unit. And then things would get a little interesting in that fourth quarter. The Broncos, they would have a 20-10 to 10 lead going into the fourth, and then there would be a field goal attempt by the Miami Dolphins from 53 yards out. The, the Dolphins would bench Tua Tungo Viola, and then all of a sudden, Ryan Fitzpatrick comes in. There was a costly play after that. The Ryan Fitzpatrick would come in. They would go three and out on his first series, punted away. The Broncos execute an absolutely beautiful drive, getting downfield. A penalty, a 15-yard penalty gets him even closer. Melvin Gordon runs for a nine-yard gain, and right before he gets to the pylon, he fumbles the football at the one-yard line. It's recovered by the Dolphins at the half-yard line, and then Ryan Fitzpatrick would try to lead the Dolphins for some Fitz magic in Denver, 99 yards, and it would be capped off with a Justin Simmons interception. So he got robbed of an interception early on in the first quarter. He was able to get it to win the game here for this Broncos football team. So the Broncos would win this one 20-13. Very impressive overall. And one of the things I want to touch on real quick here, Broncos country, is our game balls. And I'm going to get to that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, folks, 
I got to tell you guys about the sponsors of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, our post-game report. It is Victory Monday in Broncos country, and that is our good friends over there at Echelon and Pepsi. And with Echelon, when it comes to getting or staying in shape, nothing feels as good as that feeling of accomplishment, of hitting your fitness goals and feeling great about yourself. And Echelon can get you there. Echelon offers the next generation of connected fitness bikes, fitness mirrors, rowing machines, and their all-new Echelon Stride Smart Treadmill. No matter what your favorite fitness activity is, Echelon gives you a fun and challenging workout, all from the comfort of your own home. And their world-class instructors will motivate you with thousands of daily live and on-demand studio-level classes, always available whenever you need them. And unlike their competitors, Echelon is affordable for everybody, and one membership lets up to five family members all work out at the same time. Right now, listeners, Lockdown Broncos can try any Echelon Fitness equipment at home for 30 days. So go to echelonfit.com slash NFL. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash NFL. And our good friends over there at Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment, or like I said, overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. And this football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day. No matter how you watch, Pepsi is the refreshment that you need to power through any game day. It's what I used to watch the Broncos take on the Miami Dolphins yesterday at Empower Field at Mile High because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. And with that said, Broncos country, let's get into our game balls for this action here for this Denver Broncos football team. I think you could look at it a multitude of ways when you look at the overall production. I'm going to focus on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball. I've got three game balls I'm going to give out all together here. Starting on the offensive side of the ball, look, I think all together the Broncos offensive line deserves some credit. I think they deserve the right to get this game ball. And one of the reasons why is because they helped open things up. The Broncos have been very abysmal in the last three to four weeks of running the football. But in this game, they ran for over 189 yards. And it seems like they finally found a way to utilize both Melvin Gordon and Phillip Lindsay in the way that I think is ideal to the identity of what this football team is currently lacking. When you look at the overall box score, Melvin Gordon had 15 carries. Phillip Lindsay had 16. So feeding Phil, hashtag feed Phil, was in effect in this game. And you really take away the mistake that Melvin Gordon had. I mean, he has three touchdowns on the day if he doesn't fumble it on the one-yard line. So he punched it in in short-yarded situations. And there's the argument to be made that the Broncos, on that one play, because Phillip Lindsay had a big run to the left side, 20-plus yards, that they should have kept Philip Lindsay in the game there, but he found rhythm as well, and it really is attributed to the Broncos offensive line. Graham Glasgow, Lloyd Cushingberry, too, and Garrett Bowles are players I really want to highlight. Dalton Reisner, the Broncos had so much success in this game, running some power where they're pulling the guard from the left side, so Dalton Reisner and the center. They're pulling these guys out to the right side, and they're getting in these one-on-one blocks where they're kicking out the edge guy on the line of scrimmage, and they're taking the inside track. The Broncos have had no success running the football legitimately in the A gap or B gap without there being contested or obviously getting met at the line of scrimmage. So the Broncos got a little bit more dynamic. They started pulling. They started getting up into that C gap and they started getting to the edge and they had more blockers. They had more numbers there. And for Philip Lindsay, for Melvin Gordon, they took advantage of that. So the Broncos, 189 total yards on the ground. Drew Locke would have two scrambles. He'd have a big first down pickup on a 14-yard carry on third down that actually kept the Broncos offensive drive going on that second offensive series there. So hats off to him. So you're going to give that to the Broncos offensive line. I'm going to give it to Philip Lindsay because he was the spark plug in this game. 
I, I was debating on giving it to Melvin Gordon, but I think that fumble, I mean, that fumble was very costly. It almost cost the Broncos this game because the Miami Dolphins marched all the way down the field. It was such a costly turnover at such an inopportune time where the Broncos, they could have extended it to a two-score lead. Instead, it dwindled down to still being a one-possession lead by Denver putting the pressure on the defense for 99 and a half yards to have to hold Fitzpatrick, who was utilizing a quick passing game. And they call it a roughing the passer penalty because he hits him while diving forward. There was some helmet-to-helmet contact. He was trying to go with his shoulder. But, you know, things like that, the NFL has to understand that when a quarterback is diving forward, they're not giving themselves up. They're diving forward. If they're going to slide, then they're giving themselves up. And that's that's an area, I think, that the NFL has to take a look at. But overall, the Broncos defensively did a very good job leading to the benching of Tua Tungo Viola because when you look at the overall production of this Dolphins football team, offensively, most of their yards came in that fourth quarter in those final couple of drives by Ryan Fitzpatrick, who had, in my opinion, I think, what was it? He finished the game with 117 yards. That was on two offensive series. He amassed 117 yards passing through the air. So you take away the production from Ryan Fitzpatrick in that fourth quarter. The Broncos in this game, they hold Miami to a total of 150 yards or less. And that was really attributed to that. And then also taking a look at the offensive side of the ball for Denver. 459 total yards of offense through the air. They had 63 offensive plays in comparison to the Dolphins, who had 61. So very productive. 7.3 yards per offensive play by Denver. 189 yards on the ground. 270 through the air. That last, uh, the passing one for Drew Locke's a little inflated because at the end of the game, four seconds left, fourth down. The Broncos just rolled out to try to throw it up in the air as high as they could to run as much time off the clock because the Broncos didn't want to punt in that situation because Miami's been one of the best special teams units in the NFL. One of the best return guys in Jakeem Grant. And then Tim Patrick comes up with a 61-yard catch and run with no time left. So kind of stat padding there. Timmy P goes over 100 yards. And then I'm going to go to the defensive side of the ball in terms of game balls. I'm giving that to Justin Simmons. Played a very phenomenal game here for the Broncos coming in there with that interception at the end. I don't think a lot of people really take uh, consideration. They don't really look at it because a lot of people are thinking, oh, Justin Simmons is just this ball-hawking guy. But how often when you watch the film do you see Justin Simmons coming downhill and tackling? And I want I want you guys to keep this in mind. Justin Simmons led the Broncos in overall tackles in this game. He had seven total tackles and a key interception, two pass deflections as well, and he comes up and he sticks guys in the run game. That's why the Broncos have to pay Justin Simmons. Very happy for him. Good friend of the show here, Lockdown Broncos, and they got to pay that man because he absolutely deserves it. But Broncos coach, I want to get into a little bit of the conversation here about why the Broncos offense got going. Now, after that Drew Locke interception, I think everybody in Broncos country, as I mentioned earlier, they were in that doom and gloom mindset because I think Broncos fans thought to themselves, they've seen this movie before. There's an interception, there's a turnover, and then the Broncos defense put it at short field. You know what that leads to? A touchdown. So when the Broncos were down 7-0, we all were looking at the body language of what this Broncos team did. And Drew Locke came out and he responded really well. Now, there's still evident areas where Drew has to improve, but I thought he did a much better job after that second off offensive series by the Broncos. He got into rhythm, and the Broncos found a way to get him in rhythm, and I'm not quite sure if, the, if this was a change this week, but Pat Shermer was up in the box. I don't think he was up in the box prior to this. I think he's been on the field calling the offensive plays, so I think that could have had a little bit of a difference making in terms of the play calling, but I liked what the Broncos did. They went a little bit more 13 personnel, one running back, three tight ends. They used the guys as offset wings. They used them as sniffers, extra guys on the line of scrimmage, and then they pulled, and they were able to get numbers. Like I said, the numbers advantage. Garrett Bulls, in my opinion, 
played the best game of his career in the National Football League. He was a guy that stood out against the pass protection. He did a phenomenal job in the run game. I mean, he absolutely body dudes. And I can't wait to break it down on our Denver Broncos film review here on the YouTube channel, Cody Rourke NFL. He pulled from the left side all the way to the right side, sealed the guy, and dumped him in the dirt. And it led to a pickup for a first down by the Broncos on offense. So really, the offensive line was there. Obviously, keeping an eye on the Graham Glasgow situation. He aggravated his calf on Friday's practice, came in pregame, passed the workout test. And then that fourth quarter, he went out and then Austin Schlotman came in. And at that point, I'm not sure if he re-aggravated his calf injury that he sustained in Friday's practice or if the Broncos were being precautionary in this matter. So something we'll keep an eye on. But the Broncos offensive line, they have something going. They can run that power a lot more. And now they're going to have to focus their sights on running against this very talented New Orleans Saints team that is dynamic on offense with Taysom Hill and the weapons that they have, Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray, but also that defense that they have down there in New Orleans as well. So it's going to be a big test for the Broncos this upcoming Sunday. The New Orleans Saints and former Bronco Emmanuel Sanders, they come to town. But Broncos country coming up here in just a moment. We're going to get to some fan reaction from the Broncos 20-13 victory over the Miami Dolphins at Empower Field at Mile High because we want to include Broncos country into the show. And just a reminder that tomorrow's episode Lockdown Broncos is text message and Twitter Tuesday. So make sure that you tune in. Make sure you send me your tweets or your text at 303-529-6323 or on Twitter at Cody Orkin fail. But before we get into all that, folks, I got to remind you guys to check out the other sponsors of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, our good friends over there at Built Bar and SportsBetting.com. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever, and they are back there better than ever with the new and improved Built Bar, featuring 18 amazing flavors and six brand new flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. And if you like some of the old reliable flavors, like some of the listeners here at Lockdown Broncos, they like the peanut butter brownie, the toffee almond, the double chocolate, and even the salted caramel. Built Bar has something for you, and the bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and that's one thing I love about it as well, because they're also soft and easy to chew, in combination with being 100% chocolate, and the bars, they're healthy for you, and they are great for those who are health conscious, like me. They help you lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat, because the bars, they are low-calorie, low-sugar, high protein and high fiber and built bar will give you a free cooler with purchase today only while supplies last by going to builtbar.com and using promo code lockdown one word lockdown and you'll get 20 percent off your next order use promo code lockdown for 20 percent off at builtbar.com and our good friends over there sportsbetting.com they're live and taking action in the state of colorado and sportsbetting.com is passionate about sports and they are the authority on sports betting with their own in-house bookmakers sportsbetting.com is known for their sharp odds and low juice that means the best prices for you and new players can receive up to a thousand dollars in a risk-free week of sports betting at sportsbetting.com today if you sign up and if you're already registered you could take part in some of their awesome promotions like break a leg where you get a better 14 parlay you can get your money back though if one leg loses and overtime pay you can get your money back if your team loses in overtime sportsbetting.com offers no hassle bonuses with just a one-time playthrough so take advantage of their nfl touchdown promotions with can't lose offers on first touchdown in nfl action get your action out the home of sports betting that is sportsbetting.com backslash lockdown broncos all right, Broncos country, getting into some of your responses, how you felt after the Broncos' 20-13 to victory at home. Broncos improved to 4-6 and on the season after a good win against a 6-3 and Miami Dolphins football team that was playing really good football. Defensively, they were having a lot of success, special teams-wise. They were having a lot of success against some really good teams, and they were competing for that AFC East division spot there, and the Broncos took advantage of them being young on the offensive side of the ball, which defensively, I think that goes back to how good of a game 
game plan Vic Fangio has put in week in and week out. Vic Fangio's got a great handle on this football team, contrary to the narrative that many people are pumping out there. The Broncos, in my opinion, I feel like are in a good place with Vic Fangio, and I hope Broncos fans could come around to seeing that because I see it on the film, I see it in the interactions, and I see it with this team and the confidence that they have with one another, even when things aren't going so well based on conversations I have with players. So that's something to keep an eye on. But we're going to get into Broncos country's responses here. And we're going to start with Cygnus. He says the defense was huge and destructive and the offense was in it. They threw more than just the fourth quarter. It was a big team win for here for this Broncos football team. Michael Andrade is up next. He says Broncos still played sloppy. There were plenty of mistakes and Miami capitalized on a few Defensive line was the MVP of the game. Overall, this is a much improved offense, but nowhere near complete. Is Shermer off the hook yet? There were some instances where they played sloppy, but the Broncos, I think they overcame many of those tendencies that they got themselves into against teams like the Raiders, teams like the Falcons, and teams like the Chargers when they found themselves down. And look, Miami capitalized on it, but the Broncos defensively, that was their strong suit. I mean, the offense had momentum, and I don't think a lot of people are talking about it, but I think Vic Fangio, for the first time this season, had some faith in the Broncos' offensively because the Broncos defense was playing really great against Miami's offense that there was a fourth and one situation the Broncos decided to go for it Melvin Gordon comes up a couple inches short and it's a turnover on downs the Broncos could have kicked a field goal but that was a chance I think that Vic Fangio needed to take on the Broncos offense who had momentum they were moving the football down the field you got to reward them sometimes like that even if they didn't convert it even if they didn't get it Things like that show that the coach has faith in the offense, and that's empowering for the players on the offensive side of the ball. So it shows that the Broncos are willing to take chances, which I think a lot of Broncos fans have been so pissed at Vic Fangio saying, hey, how come they don't take enough chances? Well, they did it here. So I, I, I like the call, and look, the Broncos defense held up once again. Greg Hunt is up next. He says, great to see that they established the run. and Drew settled down. Hope this shows him that he doesn't have to be the hero. That's another thing, too. And I think, like I said, when the Broncos haven't been able to get the run game going, they have looked very, very abysmal on the offensive side of the ball. Drew Locke has looked very poor when the Broncos can't run the ball effectively. And I think the Broncos being able to run the way that they did in that second quarter and that third quarter with Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon getting some of those big chunk plays, that was huge. That gave Drew Locke a lot of confidence. Not only that, but it also took the pressure off of him. And it also changed the way that the Miami Dolphins defense had to play Drew Locke because then after that they started to tighten up a little bit and that's where Drew Locke was able to hit him off the run action or the play action or the quick passing game against Xavier Howard and Byron Jones and those cornerbacks are damn legit those guys are some pretty damn good players and Drew Locke had some good throws in that game he missed a few throws as well and that's something we're going to get to once we get into the film but I think it definitely helped Drew settle down a little bit Vic Fangio said in the post game press conference that being able to have the run game and have a strong defense that is a that those are two best friends of what the quarterback wants and that's exactly what happened in the Broncos victory on Sunday Darius Wilkins is up next he says I love it especially our running game they got to keep giving the ball to Philip Lindsay I'm going to be a big proponent that the Broncos have to keep feeding Philip Lindsay and I think the way that they approach this game too like I mentioned when they have equal balance in the run game you have Melvin Gordon with 15 carries you have Philip Lindsay with 16 carries and their stat production altogether their yards per carry their overall yards and the biggest type of run that they had they're all identical and that right there is balance that's something that the Broncos haven't had and I've noticed too when the Broncos have been able to get the run game going you're going to see one running back like Melvin Gordon have 11 carries to what we saw for Philip Lindsay last week being four carries and I think Denver for once instead of just really trying to give one guy a majority of those carries you have to understand how to use them equally how to use them with balance and 15 and 16 if these guys can formulate those amount of carries per game for Denver Denver doesn't find themselves down or trailing in a game I think the Broncos put themselves in a position to win some games down the stretch here towards the end of the 2020 NFL season and for Drew Locke as well 
shaking off that 0 for 5 start and then finishing the game 18 of 30, going 9 of 19 in that second half after starting off 0 for 5 was a good start for him, a confidence builder. And there's a lot of things the Broncos can improve off of. They can build on in this game as well. And that's something I'm going to keep an eye on on the film review here this week on the YouTube channel, Cody Rourke NFL. And also a shout out to Elijah Holder. Got some run for the Broncos. Duke Dawson was inactive for this game. And in the Broncos dime package, you saw the second slot cover guy as Elijah Holder, the hybrid safety corner guy. And he was also a big contributor on special teams. So very happy for Elijah Holder. He's been a guy that I've been very impressed with dating back to training camp last year, being able to watch him. Glad he's got a little bit of a space here on this team. The Broncos are seeing what kind of production they can get from some of these young guys. And I'm liking what I'm seeing so far. Uh, a few more here on today's episode. Lockdown Broncos postgame report. Broncos win this game 20-13. to We're going to get to Bleeds Orange and Blue. He says, feels good to get a W. Seemed like locks processing and decision-making improved, but also seemed like there were a lot of bootlegs that cut the field in half. Shermer's play calling seemed to flow a little bit better, and even if the run calls remain predictable, lots to improve. There's always things you can improve on, but I think having Shermer up in the box was a big difference. I'm not quite sure, like I mentioned, how long he was actually up in the box, whether this was a this week where we saw him up there or if he was in there previously, but I remember seeing on the broadcast various times that he was on the field with Drew Locke, with this Broncos offense on the sideline. So something I'm going to look into as well. My brother Drake Ricard says, played a full game. How refreshing. Lindsey Martin says, ignoring the special teams, continual blunders. What a well-balanced, complimentary football game. If we could just do that every week. Run game, pass game when needed, and a smothering defense. It's going to be a big test here for this Broncos football team this week, folks. Like I mentioned, you have Taysom Hill and Emmanuel Sanders in that offense for the Saints coming into town. Alvin Kamara, so many different weapons that they can utilize. And the Broncos are going to have to find a way to slow that down. I mean, they put up a lot of points uh, against the Atlanta Falcons. Not necessarily to the extent, I mean, Denver put up more points, I believe, against Atlanta than the Saints did, but the overall production, the explosive plays, the big-time plays downfield, we saw a few plays there. The Saints had a 45-yard touchdown play called back that Taysom Hill loaded to Emmanuel Sanders because of a hold call, but that, to me, is going to be a big key is also containing a guy like Taysom Hill and also making sure that you don't bite too hard on some of those read option plays. So Devers going to have a tough test ahead of them this week when the New Orleans Saints come to town. And tomorrow's episode of Lockdown Broncos, Broncos Country is text message or Twitter Tuesday. You could tweet me at Cody Work NFL. You could text me 303-529-6323. Send me your questions after the Broncos 20-13 victory. What questions do you have? We're going to answer them on tomorrow's episode of the show. We're also going to hear from Broncos head coach Vic Fangio a day after the Broncos victory as well. We're going to hear from him a little bit today. We're going to obviously have that recap for you on tomorrow's episode of the show, but Victory Monday Broncos country, you guys have earned it. Enjoy it. We're going to go to the film room as well, so stay tuned for that this week on the YouTube channel, Cody Work NFL. But with that said, make sure you hit that subscribe or follow button on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, and Spotify for daily exclusive Denver Broncos news, content, and coverage here. Lockdown Broncos brought to you by yours truly. I'm Cody Work. We'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode of the show.